Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. You know, sometimes what, uh, what unifies us is what we love, and sometimes what unifies us is what we hate. And uh, so uh, I, I think there's probably some common themes over here. Uh, Chris said uh, 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 candy corn. Anybody hate candy corn? What? Are you serious? That's a significant portion of the room actually hates candy corn. It is very divisive. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like candy corn uh, in moderation, like two pieces. Uh, growing up, there was like these houses, and I don't know, sorry if you're like this is triggering because like you're one of these houses, but they would give away these um, orange and black candies wrapped up. You know what I'm talking about? They were disgusting. It was like, that's a lame house, you know what I mean? It was like, to me, that's as good as like you passing out like toothbrushes. It's like, that's, you just suck the joy out of the holiday. Um, but I think, uh, does anybody like black licorice? I think most of us can agree that black, what? You like black licorice? Yeah, well, I know, I know who to pray for. So, okay. Um, hey, my name is Taka. We're in the last week, actually, of the series, This is the Way. I know you guys are, like, oh, really heartbroken over that. This is the last series. It's been uh, last week of the series. It's been awesome uh, learning together about what it means to follow in the way of Jesus. Uh, what's uh, really interesting is, you know, in Genesis, it says that God made us in what? In his image, right? And uh, a lot of times we can make God in our image. Right? We can, we can say, uh, we, I, want, I want a God that uh, likes all the things I like. I, I want to follow a God that, uh, that allows me to have whatever I want in my heart. Right? And, and it doesn't matter what he wants, what I want. I want. I want a God that allows me to hate the people that I hate. I want a God that blesses all the actions I'm doing. And it's wild. It's like whatever I'm doing is exactly what God wants me to do. How I'm spending my money is exactly the, the God that I created wants me to spend my money. And the point of the whole series is that, that God made us in his image. We don't make God in our image, right? Jesus is not following me. Like there's nowhere in scripture that says that Jesus is a Taka-ian, right? Like I'm a Christian. I follow Christ. Jesus isn't following me. But a lot of us live at times where it looks like, well, Jesus follows me. God follows me. God bless me. God be with me. Go with me to where I'm going. Instead of saying, God, where are you going? How do I follow you? Right? No, God, be with me. Bless my business. Bless my thing. Bless my, bless my decisions. Not asking whether my decision is what you want or not. It's just, God, will you bless what I'm already doing? Because I've already decided it. Some of us, I have people come up to me and like, talk, will you pray for, for wisdom in, in this business decision or life decision? No, no, no. You don't want wisdom. You want me to say that God agrees with what you're already planning on doing or what you've already decided to do, which is a fundamentally different thing. So this whole series about what is the way we're called to live, right? So one last time, we're gonna recap. If you uh, missed any part of this series, I want you to encourage you to go back uh, and, and uh, listen to it. So we're in the series, This Is The Way. This is the way from the show Mandalorian, right? Mandalorian, they're from a planet called what? 
Mandalore, yeah? And they have this code of ethics that guide their culture. And a lot of times, the, what, what the Mandalorian way is a little weird to the culture they find themselves in. A lot of times, the Mandalorian way is countercultural to the world they find themselves in, which is a little familiar, right? You may have figured out kind of why we chose to go with this series. But there comes these situations where uh, the, their code of ethic is countercultural or causing them to do something they don't naturally want to do or is inconvenient or sacrificial in the situation. And so the, it comes up to a point where the, the lead Mandalorian in the situation will say, this is the, this is the way. And then everyone like a call will repeat, this is the way, right? In their, in their muffled helmets, right? This is the way. And what they're saying is, look, this is what we've committed to, guys. We're not going to ask in this situation what's convenient. We're not going to ask in this situation what, is, what do my friends want me to do, what is easy for me to do, what's comfortable for me to do. We're going to ask in this situation one question. What is our way? What is our way? And then how do we live that out? And as Christians, we need to do the same thing. What have we committed to? What have you committed to? And not what would you like to commit to. What does Jesus say following him means? We need to be clear about what it means to follow the way of Jesus. We need to be clear about what it means to be committed to this way of life. Because you don't have to follow everything Jesus said. You don't. Just don't call yourself a Christ follower. It's really easy. There's an old story, and I don't know if it's true, but the story is it's true that it's a story. Uh, about Alexander the Great. And he couldn't sleep one night. Uh, I mean, it's one thing he and I have in common. Hopefully, one of the only things. Uh, but Alexander Great couldn't, couldn't sleep one night, so he got out of bed, and he walked the, prison, uh, the perimeter of his encampment. And it's just, you know, saying hey to all the guys, and thanks for your service or whatever. I don't know. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. So he went, he went around, as the story goes, around the perimeter, and he finds this, like, young soldier sleeping. So he kind of like, son of a gun. So he, like, kind of nudges him awake, and he goes, hey, soldier, wake up. And so the soldier wakes up and he's like horrified because he sees Alexander the Great, right? And Alexander the Great goes, what's your name? And he kind of sheepishly goes, Alexander. He goes, okay, okay. So Alexander the Great looks at him and goes, look, change your behavior or change your name. Change your behavior or change your name. And I think that's the way God is looking at a lot of Christians that claim to follow him. Look, you don't have to say you follow me. Some of you guys, please don't say you follow me because you're making us look stupid. But if you follow me, then follow me. Like if you're gonna say you, 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 you follow the way I live, then follow the way I live. And I just wanna say thank you to you guys, whether you're watching online or on the podcast or you can't watch a podcast, you listen to a podcast or you're here. I just wanna say thank you because you let us teach you some really hard things, right? And um, that's not normal. I just wanna tell you you're humble, you're teachable, and you take Jesus seriously. Not much else, but you take Jesus seriously. And so I appreciate that. I've never been more proud to call a church uh, my home church. I've never been more proud to call a group of people my church family. And so for our last week, uh, I've been praying a lot about, God, what do you want? Like, what do you want us to talk about? Kind of a, to encapsulate the series. What is like a signature of, of the way of Jesus? How do you want us to end this series? And I feel really strongly uh, that what we're gonna talk about today because the most important characteristic of any, any people of Jesus is uh, it's cool clothes, right? That we're gonna talk about today. Just kidding. The most important thing about a, 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 like a signature idea about a, a group of people following Jesus, uh, a church is, a, is great music. As Paul talks about that. You know, you shall have a church that has great music, right? Paul talked about you shall have a church that has relevant teaching. He said, you, would have a, you should have a church that has a great building and a convenient location so people don't have to go too far. 
so they can go to church and then Trader Joe's and the buffet and still catch the afternoon game, right? You should have convenient service times. So you can, have your, you can go to your kid's softball game and then also catch the movie in the afternoon, and, but also nap time. So you gotta be really, that's what Paul said. That's, that's how you build a church. A church can be known by their convenient service times. The church will be known by the, how many followers you have on social media, how cool your posts are, right? The right filters or no filters, depending on what's going on at that time, right? It sounds silly, but a lot of times, if we're honest, we, it's weird to say on a stage, but if we're honest, these are the things that we can use to determine whether we're at the right church. These are the things we can use to determine if we're the right, under the right leadership, the right pastor, the right teacher, right? We wouldn't say it out loud. It sounds silly to say it out loud, but we say, hey, that, that church, their music is killer. I'm not saying your church, your music should be lame. Whatever you do, do it the best of your ability, right? We should try to teach that's relevant, obviously. You should try to dress like you have a mirror in your house, right? You should like, you should understand some of these things, right? But it's not the most important thing. So let's hear what, what Paul talks about because these are the pressures as, 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 you know, a pastor on this team, I feel this pressure. And here's what Paul talks about the pressures that he feels either from people are putting on him or he's intrinsically feeling them himself. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Um, he says this, what if I speak in the most elegant, I wrote it, in, I'm reading this out of a different translation than you may have heard before. So it doesn't get like, la, 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 I heard this before, right? So he says, what if I speak in the most elegant languages of people or in the exotic languages of the heavenly messengers? What he's saying is, look, if I knew every language known on earth, like some of you guys are impressed by someone who's bilingual or trilingual. What, what if they're whatever the word is for everything lingual? They know every language. Even the dead languages, he knows them all. Not only that, he can speak in heavenly languages. I'd go to that guy's church, right? You kidding me? It's awesome. There's like a hundred different languages being interpreted at the same time at this person's church. I'd go to that church. He can talk to angels. What does that even sound like, right? But then he goes, if I can do all that, but I live without love, well, then anything I say is like the clanging of brass or a crashing cymbal. In other words, it's annoying, it's annoying. If I came to your house this afternoon and just started banging a cymbal, be like, bro, stop, right? This is what he's saying. He's like, look, in God's ears, I can have all these things that are applauded in the church. But if I don't love, it's annoying to God. It's not impressive to God. He goes on, verse two. What if I have the gift of prophecy? In other words, I can tell the future. It's like Miss Cleo, but real, right? Like I can, I can tell the future. You wanna know what to do? Come, step forward. I'll pray for you and I'll tell you, you should take this deal. You should do this job. You should say this to this person. You should, this week, someone will come to you in a purple minivan. Make sure to tell them. This. Like, I'm, that's prophecy, right? I'm, I'm telling you exactly what to do and it always happens 100%. He goes, or I'm blessed with knowledge and insight to all mysteries. All those like shows on the history channel that are like, what is the meaning of this? We'll never know. This guy knows, right? So next week we're gonna talk about the meaning of life. Week after that, Bigfoot. Loch Ness Monster, got it all figured out, all the answers. Whatever questions you have, you wanna talk about quantum mechanics, we can talk about that too. Whatever you wanna talk about, he has the answers to everything. We'd be like, that guy's a man. He knows everything, she knows everything. And, he goes, and then he continues, or what if my faith is strong enough to scoop a mountain off of, from his bedrock? Like, look, not only does this person, this guy or gal, he can tell the future, she can tell the future. Not only that, they can... They can know all information. Like he is, or he or she is like Wikipedia, but accurate and all the time, constantly updated. Not only that, their youth wanted to go to like Mount Whitney for a retreat, but it was kind of far and yes, expensive. So they moved Mount Whitney to the church parking lot. 
man, did you hear about that on the news? I want to go to that person's church, right? And he goes, if I can do all that, but I live without love, if I do all that stuff that's applauded, but I'm a jerk, if I do all that, but I'm mean to my friends, he says, it's just not as good, right? No, no, he says, it's nothing. It's nothing. All that stuff means nothing. It's applauded by people, but it means nothing to God. He continues, because some people are like, I'm not into that like showy stuff. I'm into like, who are you behind the scenes? Are you serving the poor? Are you helping the less fortunate? So he hits you too. He's verse three. He says, I could give all that I have to feed to the poor. Hear about this pastor? She sold everything. Like they're homeless. So that they could help people that are homeless. They don't have any car. So they could help someone who needed a car. Like they are amazing. I want to buy that person's book about generosity, Right? I can give all that I have to feed the poor. Not only that, I can surrender my body to be burned as a martyr. You can't make me denounce Jesus. You can kill me. But if I do not live in love, I gain nothing. Not I don't gain as much. It's diminished a little bit. It's like I never even did any of those things. You see, Paul kind of has a theme going on here. Some of us, I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. Some of us, some of the meanest people I've ever met are Christians. Some of the most angry people I've ever met in my life are Christians. I'm like, what, who are you following? What about what you read in scripture? What about how you see Jesus act makes you think that that's in bounds? Who are you following right now? It doesn't seem like Jesus, but you're making people think that's what God is like. And that's a problem. That's a problem. So Paul is like systematically deconstructing everything his readers would be applauding, Right? And then before his readers or his listeners could say, yeah, 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 love, 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 I get it, love, kumbaya, let's hold hands, I get it. Paul, move on, what's next? He starts to deconstruct or kind of explain rather what love actually is. We're gonna discuss two things today. What is love? What is love like? And secondly, what does love do? What is love like and what does love do? So first thing is what is love like? What is love like? If you're taking notes today, the uh, title of the message is called, What's Love Got to Do With It? What's Love Got to Do With It? The answer is everything. All right, so let's continue. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where we just read through, if I, don't, if I can do all these things, but I don't love, I'm nothing, all that whole thing. The very next verse, he says this. You may have heard this at a wedding, right? Because typically this is where it's read. Uh, now they skip over the first part, but this is where usually we pick up in verse four at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't anxious or isn't envious. It doesn't boast or brag or strut about. There's no arrogance in love. It's never rude or crude or indecent. It's not self-absorbed. Love is not easily upset. Love doesn't tally wrongs or celebrate injustice, but truth, yes, truth is love's delight. Love puts up with anything and everything that comes along. It trusts, hopes, and endures no matter what. Love will never become obsolete. And everyone says, amen. But here's the thing. So, what I encourage people when I marry them and say we, we, we talk about this passage is the fact that the scripture says that God is love. God isn't just love as a verb. God equals love, like synonymous with love. That's his character. This is why you can go through this passage and say, God is patient. God is kind. God isn't envious, doesn't brag, boast, or strut about. God isn't arrogant. He's never rude, crude, or indecent. He's not self-absorbed, right? Jesus doesn't tally wrongs or celebrate injustice, but Jesus celebrates with truth. Jesus puts up with everything and anything that comes along, right? This is why you can go, yeah, that makes complete sense. The question is, if you're a Christ follower, this is what we're moving towards. 
This is, this is why you don't have time to critique your neighbor or the influencer or the politician or the church in 2,000 miles away. They should be, you got enough to worry about, right? You worry about yourself, right? Worry about the plank in your eye because this is, this is what needs to happen. And when I do this, I'm like, dang it, I have so far to go. Taka is patient, Taka is kind. Not all the time, really. My kids are like, amen, right? So Taka isn't envious. He doesn't boast or brag or strut about. He's not arrogant, right? Joe is never rude, crude, or indecent, usually, right? Joe doesn't celebrate injustice, but truth, yes, truth is Joe's delight. David doesn't put up with anything, but, but everything that comes along, David trusts and hopes and endures no matter what. That's the goal. That's the goal. How are you doing? How are you doing at that? This is what we need to worry about. Don't worry about hating on other people. Figure yourself out. There's this idea that's like, you know, love, love, love the sinner, hate the sin. Sure, I get where you're coming from. Maybe a different way to approach it is love the sinner, hate the sin in you. Love the sinner, focus on the sin in you, right? So uh, John, we're actually gonna go through 1 John first, second, and third John in the new year. Uh, but John uh, writes in his epistle, he says this. He says, the person who refuses to love God doesn't know the first thing about God. Man, you mean Christians, you don't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. It doesn't say, man, you're good as long as you just go to church. You're good as long as you tithe, as long as you're serving, as long as, no, no, no. If you don't love, if you refuse to love, if you're like, I would love if they were just cooler, if they were nicer, if they didn't, no, no, it doesn't matter. If you refuse to love, you don't know the first thing about God. Like you are like teething in your relationship with God. You don't know the first thing about God. Ephesians, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. If you're like, well, I was never loved. No, you're loved by God. So follow his example. In the walk in the way of love as Christ loved us. That we're not called to love people as we want to be loved. We're not called to love people as they deserve to be loved. We're called to love people as Christ loves us. And last time I checked, all of us are messed up. All of us are imperfect. All of us do stupid things times a hundred. Yet God is patient and kind and loving. You deserve God's grace. And that person you're ticked off at does too, right? We're all kind of, all, 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 all kind of messed up, right? So, and here's where the excuses roll in. We'll talk out in the home I was raised in. I was never told I was loved. And this is why I'm a jerk because I, my parents were jerks. Cool. And I'm not saying that trauma isn't real. All I'm saying is, look, I grew up in a home you know, with immigrant parents. I get it. I get it. I, I honestly cannot remember a time when my parents said that they loved me until I was like in college. I knew that they loved me. I'm, they're not, they weren't mean people, usually. I knew that they loved me, but my parents' mentality was like from the generation of, you, you see this, like, you know, when it rains, it doesn't, your, your bed doesn't get wet. Like that, I pay for that. That's how I love you. You like the food? That's how I love you. You know, like when you're like have summer break and you get sleep in and I don't because I'm buying you stuff to eat while I'm at work. That's how I show you I love you, right? That come from, if, I get, if they didn't weren't critiquing you, consider that a compliment, right? Some of you guys grew up in homes like that. Look, so you, we have no excuse. We have no excuse because God loves us. So whether you came from a great home or not a great home, it doesn't matter. All of us need to look, take a hard look at ourselves because we can all treat people that we say we love. We can treat them really unlovingly, can't we? We can treat people that God really loves really unlovingly. 
And I know we can control it. And you're like, I can't, it's just the way God made me. No, we can all control it. Do you know how I know you can control it? Because when there's someone you want to impress, right? Maybe a boss in an interview, doesn't matter how ticked off at you are. It doesn't matter what you just got in an argument with someone. When you walk into that job interview, where you can get a 30% raise if you get that job, you're gonna be like ticked off at the, at the interviewer? No, no, no. That person that you like, that shows up, you're at your Trader Joe's, you bump into them and they start a conversation with you? Doesn't matter if you're ticked off. You put your game face on, this moment matters, right? When there's someone you wanna impress, you take those thoughts captive and you make them obedient to what you want in the moment, right? So if you can do that, can you take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ too? So what is love like? What is love like? And the question is, is that what I'm like? What is love like? Paul lays it out, blows it up so we can see the inner workings of love. Love is patient, kind, all these things. The question is, are you those things? And if you're like, Taka, I don't know. You wanna know how you find out? You ask someone close to you. If you can handle it. If you can handle it, it's extremely important for you to know what, or for you to understand what it's like to be on the other side of you. Especially if you're in any form of leadership, I'm telling you, you don't see truth. So people that work for you, the people that are on your team will be filtered because they want their job, right? Or they look up to you or whatever the situation is. You want to know what you're really like, talk to the person you live with right? Talk to your spouse, ask your kids, right? Especially if they're in high school age, it'll be unfiltered and a little jaded and probably like 50% exaggerated, right? Because everything's the worst. But it's important for you to understand what it's really like to be on the other side of you and just sit there and listen, and the times you want to defend yourself and the times you want to get ticked off, like, well, you just, well, but let me explain, I was tired. Invite God into that moment. Because when you're tired, when you're tired, that's not the excuse. When you're tired, you just find out who you are with no filters on. You know what I mean? You just find out who you really are. That was there. One of my old leaders used to have this illustration where he would fill up a cup with water and then he would like slap it out of your hand. He's like, hold this cup. And he'd slap it out of your hand. He's like, why did water come out? I was like, because you slapped it, idiot. Like, come on, what do, you, what do you mean? He's like, no, 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 dump it out. And then he goes, he slapped it out. Any water come out? no. Well, why? There's no water in the cup. Okay. So when you get slapped around, life slaps you around, people slap you around, you find out what's inside of you. This is why when, when so back to God is love, when Jesus was, the Bible says, crushed for our iniquities, when he, was, when he was put on the cross because of you and me, what came out? Love, right? If anyone had an excuse to be ticked off, like when the Bible, Bible says that God, or Jesus could have called angels, legions of angels to come down and like whoop everybody, it's my translation. That's what I would have done. When they're like, oh, you think you're the son of God? Oh, I'll show you, right? I mean, flipping in the air, spinning them around, turning them into like a duck or something, you know, whatever. Jesus just takes it because he's like, hey, John, Mary's your mom now, take care of each other. Hey, I'll, I'll see you today in paradise. Hey, I forgive you, I forgive you. What comes out? Love. When he's crushed, what comes out? When you're tired, when you're crushed, what comes out? Right? And here's the thing. It's okay. Work on it. Don't make an excuse. 
don't blame shift, well, if they would have, or I'm just tired, or here's why, let me explain. No, no, it came out. So what are you gonna do with it? That person gave you a gift of learning more about yourself. You tend to be arrogant. Okay, what do you do with that? You tend to be narcissistic. Great, what are you gonna do with that? When scarcity brings clarity. So when you have less money and this, uh, get stressed out with finances, what do you do? You learn something about yourself. So what are you gonna do with that? You have an opportunity, right? right? So that was what, that's what love is. Secondly, what does love do? Paul writes in Ephesians, the church in Ephesus again, he says this, he says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved. Nothing, this is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. In other words, man, you can't earn this. Trying to earn your salvation, trying to earn right standing with God is like trying to throw your own surprise birthday party. It's weird, it can't happen, right? He says, it is from the gift, is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Then he says, for we are God's handiwork. Other translations say, we are God's craftsmanship, created in Christ Jesus to go to church services. Right? We are created in Christ Jesus to say nice things about people. We're created in Christ Jesus to sing Christian songs on Sundays. We are created in Christ Jesus to believe the right things. No, what does he say? Do something. We're created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Some of us are so content just going to church and not actually living anything out. And we're okay with it. And I'm telling you, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You read the book, Bob, uh, Bob Goffer wrote a book called Love Does? You should read that. It's hilarious, but I love the whole concept of it. Love does. Like, doesn't, love doesn't just believe. Love actually does, right? And this is our story. So three quick thoughts as it relates to love does. Number one, love demands action. Love demands action. Karl Marx, you may have heard of him, used to say that religion is the opiate to the masses. Religion is, an, is the opiate to the masses. masses. In other words, what he believed is that religion makes people indifferent, self-centered. La, 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 la. People are being sent to uh, internment camps or being sent to, uh, you know, the Jews being sent to be killed. La, 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 la. Okay, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a part of that. Right? Religion is an opiate to the masses. We can hear about people in need. Oh, I'll, thoughts and prayers. Not do anything. Not care for people. Refugees, cool, but thoughts and prayers. No, no, what are you, you going to open up a room in your house? Can you help? Can you serve? Right? And he, he's not wrong. That's the problem. He's not wrong. I disagree with him, but he's not wrong. But this is not the example that Jesus gave us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul says, for it is Christ's love that compels us. In other words, Christ is like this caffeine shot into the veins that should wake us up religion shouldn't be an opiate to make us go to sleep. Religion should be a, an activator, should be smelling salts to wake us up. Thomas A. Kempis wrote this hundreds of years ago. One of my, probably my favorite author. Uh, he wrote a book called Imitation of Christ. It was originally written in Latin. If you can read Latin, go to town. I cannot. So there's translations. It's called, again, it's called Imitation of Christ. Highly, highly, highly recommend going to pick it up. But when you, if you buy it off Amazon or something, if you want it, Text me, I'll buy it for you, okay? It's that good of a book and it's not very long. You can, it's, it's like a bathroom read, okay? Um, some of you guys, 
Way less than a bathroom read by how long you spend there. Anyways, um, what he says in, in Imitation of Christ is this. Activate yourself to duty by remembering your position, who you are, and what you've obliged yourself to be. Activate yourself to duty, to action, by remembering your position. You are an ambassador of Christ. You are a follower of Christ. Who you are, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Someone sacrificed for you. Someone gave up for you. And then what you've obliged yourself to be. In other words, what does it mean to be part of this way? What have you committed yourself to? Some of us are waiting for us to feel something before we do something. And you'll never, we say this all the time at the church, you'll never feel your way into acting. You never will. I mean, if some of you guys are like, I'm gonna go on a diet, how's that working out? I'm gonna, you're, you're, I'm gonna wait till I feel like working out. I feel like eating right. You'll never, dude, the ice cream will always taste better than the kale, 100% of the time, right? You never feel, but you can always act your way into feeling. You can act your way into feeling. The right emotions will come after right decisions, but you have to man up and decide. Toddlers just do whatever they feel. Adults make decisions out of values, regardless of what they feel, right? So number one, uh, what was that? Love demands action. I wrote that. Love, love demands action. Number two, love people as much as Kanye loves Kanye. I'll try to think, how do I make this make sense to people? Love people as much as, nobody loves Kanye as much as Kanye. And Kanye doesn't love anything else as much as he loves Kanye, right? So love, how much should you love people? How much should you love your neighbor? How much should you love people that, are, that annoy you? As much as Kanye loves Kanye, as much as Kanye thinks about Kanye, as much as Kanye sacrifices for Kanye is how much you should love and sacrifice for other people, right? To remind those people of the voice of their creator. I mean, all of us, all of us at times feel like we're alone, like we're imposters. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that you would think have it all together. They check all the boxes. They're killing it in every area of their life, but they feel like imposters that they're, one day people are just gonna find out that I don't know what I'm doing. They feel alone, they feel insecure. They feel like they failed, they got skeletons in the closet, right? They come to church, gotta pretty themselves up and say the right things and God bless you, yeah. But internally like, man, I feel like I'm just missing it. I feel like I'm missing it. Remind them that they're loved just as they are. Not they're loved if they get one more award. Not they're loved if they get a six pack. Not they're loved if they get more letters after their name. They're loved just as, they, if they don't do anything more. They're loved just as they are. They need a father's voice. Some of us, we never had a great father to tell us all like the dad talk stuff, the good dad talk stuff. So you get to echo the voice of the father. Look, there's no, one, there's, there's no time in your life that you'll ever meet someone that Jesus didn't die for. I know some of your grammar knots, you're like, that's not how you make sentences. I know, but there's no one, there's no time in your life that you'll ever meet someone that Jesus didn't die for. It's like a triple negative. So it's positive. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> just, here's what love is. Love is about losing something good for yourself to give something great to somebody else. That's what love is. That's what love is. Love is about losing something good for yourself to give something great to somebody else. It's about putting other people first. Paul again wrote, writes to the church in Philippi. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others equal to yourself. No, what's he say? He goes, in humility, consider others better 
than yourselves. Value other people better than yourselves. In other words, give them the best seats. Give them the best parking spots. Give them the best, whatever, serve them, give to them, put them first, right? That's how you love people. And then lastly, number three, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Some of us are so paralyzed because you see all the needs in the community or in the world, and especially now, man, we're, we're exposed to so much news that we were never designed to be exposed to, right? Like back in the day that you didn't have like, and this is what's happening around the world. It's like, you knew what was happening like in the, in the neighborhood, <laughs> you know, like in your town of like a thousand people, right? Your brain can't handle it. And you can, be, you can get paralyzed because you're like, I can't do everything. So then we end up doing nothing. The thing is, just because you can't do everything doesn't mean you can't do something. But when your faith is about you, it dies, man. When you become a consumer and your faith is all about you, it's not what faith is supposed to be. When church is only about you, well, I give worship a seven out of 10 and the teaching is like a four out of 10. When it's all about you, How's that going for you? Those are the various people are like, this is like their sixth church you visited. They're like, man, I can't seem to get plugged in. And I feel like God isn't moving on my life. How could he? Because it's not about God, it's about you. And if God fits your convenient schedule, yeah, but how, that's not working out. When your faith is about other people, it comes alive. When your church is for other people, it's a different experience. So you can't do everything, so it's easy to do nothing. But do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one person what you wish you could do for anyone. And we all know this is true. You ever been in a situation where like, um, like you go to a teacher or a leader or maybe you're like leaving Dodger Stadium and you're like, there's like a way right there, but it's blocked off. And the policeman's like, nope, go around. And you're like, come on, can I just go there? Like you don't have to do it for anybody else, but can I just go there? Or I know you said everyone only gets two pieces of candy, but can I have more? I won't tell anybody, right? What, what do they say? All the time, you've said this. Well, if I do it for you, I have to what? Do it for everyone. And when they tell you that, you say what everyone else says in their head. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Our secret. You can just do it for me and nobody else, right? We know this is true. We know that we can help one person without helping everyone. I think that's a lame excuse. You can feed one person that's hungry without ending world hunger right? The reality is you just don't want to, right? Let's just, let's just make it real, right? So there's a few opportunities that I do want to put on your radar to put love into action, right? We're not going to judge you. You're not a second class citizen if you don't do this stuff, but I might want to make you aware. Next Sunday is World Vision Sunday. So you're like, next Sunday, I'm not coming to church. Okay, next Sunday is, is World Vision Sunday. Oh, so what World Vision Sunday is, is where we partner with World Vision and they're doing an incredible job around the world, um, providing clean water for those that don't have it. See, hopefully you guys took showers this week, right? And what happened? You turned on the, turned on the water or on the faucet and the water came out of the spigot, right? It didn't shoot out of the wall. Well, imagine if you had to walk three or four miles and imagine every once in a while when your kids would walk three or four miles, they'd get taken and thrown into human trafficking. Or if they were male, they'd put in, 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 a, in, a, you know, in, in child uh, soldiers or they were just killed, Another group. Imagine then you, when you do get the water from that source, it's actually not healthy and it makes your family sick. But what else do you have? You got to drink the water. Now, what if a group came in and said, look, there's water under your feet and we've already, pay, you don't have to, we've already paid for it. So now instead of walking four or five miles a day, you can just focus on school. You can spend time as a family. 
You don't have to worry if the water you're going to drink is going to give you parasites. You don't have to worry about if you're going to take in this week. So this is what world vision is. What it looks like practically is to walk, jog, run 13.1 miles. Is it far? Yeah. Is it convenient? Super. It's, some of you guys love that. You're masochist. I hate it. It takes me forever. Like forever. Like I feel like they're tearing down the course as like behind me. They're like, oh my gosh, bro. Speed it up, man. You know, but it's okay. It's okay. So that's happening next week. And you can either sign up to be a part of it or you can donate to someone else who's fundraising. And then we're gonna raise a ton of money and hopefully provide clean water for hundreds of people around the world. So that's happening next week. On You Heard Him Say on December 9th, uh, we're going to Casa Hogar, uh, Belen, and TJ, because uh, we're gonna bring Christmas to these incredible kids. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your kid was an orphan? Can you imagine? So we're gonna bring them a blast. We're gonna pack our cars full of stuff and just bless the crap out of them. I told the, the, the director there, I'm like, this is the biblical word. We're gonna bless the crap out of them. I don't know what that means, but what do you need? But we're gonna really bless them. We're gonna, we're gonna make them feel so just joy. Why? Because we call, we're called to be a voice of hope. We're gonna be known by love, a voice of hope. It's like, we'll talk, are you gonna give a gospel message to in the present? No, the present is the gospel message. The fact that we're living out love is that they didn't deserve is the gospel message. So lastly, uh, we have a hope center in the Philippines. You guys may not know this. We have a hope center in the, in the Philippines, in like the hood of the Philippines. And it's really inconvenient to go to, but there are a bunch of kids that are living in the slums that we do child sponsorship so that they can have education and food and go to college and all that stuff. And so last time we introduced it, uh, we like, supported every kid they had available and then some. And so if you want to support a kid or two, uh, you can just, just message the church and we'll figure it out. We'll connect with them to, to find more kids in the area to, to support them. And at some point, we're going to take a trip and visit the kids that we support uh, over there. But it's really inconvenient to get to. Uh, and it's not like, if you're thinking, oh, it's like a village, or a vacation to the Philippines. This is not a location where you would uh, vacation. Trust me. You can stay in Manila. We'll send you pictures. But like, where we're going, not vacation spot, right? So just, that's just a few things uh, that you can do in the uh, next few weeks. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So in summary, in summary, because God loved us, we what? We love. Because God loved us, we love. Secondly, because God put his love into action, we put our love into what? Action. Live it out, bro. Live it out. Because all people are created by God, they are valuable. They're valuable. I feel like I'm giving my kids lesson. Good kids. Because all people created by God, they are valuable. And lastly, because they need to know I will show them. I'll show them. Not thoughts and prayers, not talk about it, not sing about it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Because we serve a God that loves and loves and loves. We serve a God that is patient and patient and patient. He gives grace after grace after grace. And so we as his children, we as his followers, as followers of his way, we're called to be carriers of his love. And our prayer is that our community would say this about us. Man, those people at Voice, they really live this out. Those people at Voice, they are loving. They don't agree with the way I'm living, but they love me anyways. And maybe one day, maybe one day they'll say, how do I become like that? Tell me more about Jesus. Tell me more about Jesus. 
Is this the kind of God that we serve? And so we're going to end the service uh, with communion. Once a month we do communion. And so they're up here. And so the, the team's going to lead us uh, in a song. Uh, but when you're ready to come forward, please come forward uh, and take the elements. And just remember, man, Jesus sacrifices for us. And he said, do this remembrance of me. And then remember that you're called to sacrifice for other people. It's kind of weird to take the sacrifice, say, thank you, God. And I'm unwilling to do this for anybody else. Taking the, the sacrifice means, and I'm going to continue this, Jesus, and do it for other people that don't deserve it, just like me, right? So let's, uh, let's pray. God, we just thank you. We thank you for being so good, so full of grace. God, thank you for treating us not like we deserve. Thank you for your, your, your favor. Thank you for your grace. God, if anyone is in, in, in this room that doesn't know you right now, God, I pray that you would compel them to put their trust in you because you are good. God, I pray that we as a church family can rally around them. God, I pray that as a church family, we would be loving, known by love, not perfect, known by love, trying our best to really follow you. When people see us, would they see the, would they see the character of God? We thank you, Jesus. We do this for you. In Jesus' name, amen. When you're ready, feel free to come forward, but let's stand and sing this together. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.